You are listening to the Passion City Church Podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, D.C., visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. It's great to have two amazing people that are leading in our house, as Pastor Louis mentioned, Allison on our financial oversight team, Todd on our board of directors. We'll start with Todd. He is a a legend, uh, really is, truly. Don't just use that word for hype, but uh, him and his wife, Susan, are intricately involved with what God is doing around the world in so many different organizations. Played in the NFL for 12 years as a kicker. Went to UGA. Go dogs. I'm impressed that you would say that. Um, well, I, I said it with like a, a little question mark. So Moving I'm not into sure. the SEC. Uh, yeah, we're, we're good. We're about a month away from college football. Quick question, though, about you being a kicker. If you had to go right now, no warm-up, and kick a field goal, how far could you kick one right now? Right now. Right now. With these shoes on. Yes. That's what right uh, now know, means. I don't know. 45, maybe. You kick... Maybe 50. Maybe 50 right now. You stopped playing how many years ago? Brad, Brad, with God, all things are possible. (laughs) Okay, how far could I kick one? We witnessed that one day at the Georgia Dome, not very far. (laughs) Allison Dukes, her and her husband, uh, Billy, and their boys are a part of our uh, our church, are amazing. She went to Georgia Tech, so no. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. We anchor the SEC. Y'all, okay, I don't know why I got my facts wrong there, but... Um, I can't tell specifically where you work, but you've been in the financial services for 25 years, CFO of a large, well-known bank uh, at one point, and then also now CFO of a global asset manager organization. Did I get that right? Got it. I didn't get the well Georgia done. Tech right. but I can't I got... kick a football, but I can do that. How does Vanderbilt look in college football this I year? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> can you name one player on Vanderbilt's team? Come on, let's move on to something I do know. No, I can't. I'm excited. You know, um, we're going to look at scripture today, probably bounce around Philippians. Uh, Paul was writing an amazing, encouraging letter to the church at Philippi and so much for all of us to learn from the church that got commended. But I'm excited for you to hear from these two. And it is about above and beyond in this season, but we really believe such an important season, not just for our house, but for you. And anytime I get the chance, I mean, I'm privileged to know these two. There's so much wisdom to glean from them and and so much to learn. And so let's all lean. I believe, uh, just like Danny has said, there's no coincidences in the economy of God. I believe there's no coincidence for you being in church today. And I think we have so much to learn from these two, from God's word. And and Allison, I want to start with you because um, we just heard an amazing story of God being at work. But as we're in this season, believing for what God has for us and through us, just tell us a little bit about your journey, your family's journey, and how God's been at work in y'all's life. I'm blown away by that video. It's the first time I've seen it. And it really, it's truly incredible. And there's just story after story like that throughout our house and all of our locations and and well beyond, as we saw. Um, You know, it's just, it's really been amazing to be a part of this house for, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years now, and to see our our boys grow up in this. We have two sons, uh, one's in middle school, one's in high school, and uh, I I really, I was trying to unpack this weekend a little bit, just, it's a great opportunity, they're probably not watching this one, uh, to get teenagers to talk to me, and I said, help me, help me with what's, you know, where are you seeing God move in your life and through our house, and my middle school son, um, you know, they, they almost miss it. Sometimes the things are so small, they miss it. 
and, and I think that's true for all of us. It's true for adults too. Sometimes the things are small. We want to call it a coincidence. It wasn't a coincidence. It was absolutely the Holy Spirit moving. Um, but my middle school son was talking about his family group and he's been in this family group together since they were in kindergarten. And one of the boys is moving away or has just moved away. And his, his father was relocated to Chicago. And he said, after camp, after passion camp this summer, um, that that was the moment when this young man and his family group decided to put his faith in Jesus. And he made that commitment and went from death to life just weeks before he moved from Atlanta to Chicago. And he's been in our house for all these years. And now here's an eighth grader in Chicago, new city, new state, new school. It's an arrow that was launched from our church from years of pouring into him through passion. Come on, we can give some praise for that. So encouraging. Um, my high school son had all these friends come to Passion Camp this summer that don't even go to our church, um, but they were invited. And so they said yes. And several of them said their lives were changed. And use those words, my life was changed. And you see how God is working in the life of a high schooler. Um, my husband has always been very involved with Love Atlanta. And probably about four or five years ago, he was assigned the Atlanta Mission as a partner agency. He was the partner leader for And out of that has been this very just unbelievable, fruitful calling from the Holy Spirit um, where he is down at the Atlanta Mission leading a Bible study um, for some of our unhoused uh, men here in the city of Atlanta. And he's been faithful and consistent and just obedient and following through with that. He teaches an anger management class. He's really leaning in to these men. Um, And it was entirely by where he was placed through Love Atlanta and that connection where God really drew out of him the way in which he was gifted um, and, and what God's been calling him to do in our city through the way, you know, through, through our house and the way in which the Holy Spirit's been moving. And then I would just say for myself, it's been just the obedience of um, saying yes when you ask me to be up here or Pastor <laughs> Louie does or Brad does. I mean, I'm, my comfort zone is there where all of you are sitting in worship. Um, it's not here. This is not my profession. Um, and uh, the obedience of saying yes and hearing God's very clear calling to me of just trust me to steward your words. Um, I felt like my work and my faith were two separate things. And in the last five years or so, really listening to God's clear call to, to, to make it obvious to me the way in which he's using my faith through my own profession um, and being up here a year ago, it, I have story after story of the people who have reached out to me in my own company and other companies who have connected with me and said, how, help me with how I hear God's word in my own profession. Um, and that's been just an unbelievable sort of um, uh, experience and journey for me. Wow, that's incredible. Come on, Allison. What a word for somebody. And the power of saying yes to God and what he can do with our yes, it, it makes me uh, think about when I was mentioning the Philippians in verse three of chapter one, the intro letter, Todd, uh, Paul's writing, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And then, and then check this part, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day day of Christ Jesus. And I love that God is at work in our house. God's at work in Dania's life and Allison and her family's life. 
God is at work in your life. And he began that good work and he wants to carry it on. So I would encourage you, no matter where you're at on this spectrum of faith today, go, uh, God, would you keep working in my life? Would you keep moving in my life? I need you more than anything. Aaron was leading us at the beginning of the gathering here at Trillith going, will you help me keep my feet planted on the right thing? And he's gonna carry that on. Um, Todd, I wanna go to you. God's given you this platform and this, this mantle and this life message all connected to finances and how there's been so much wisdom in yours and Susan's life. You, you guys help teach core. And uh, well, we, I guess we're all financial experts. We've got a CFO, you teach our core class. And Stuart, I was a finance major at Texas A&M. So we'll start with you. Um, what are, we all need some help when it comes to managing resources. What are some of the, the most practical things that you can offer us to help steward our finances? Yeah, I think for Susan and me, very early in our life together, our marriage, we were taught that really financial challenges are a lot more related to a spending issue than an income issue, and that the best way to avoid financial challenge is not to get into debt. And so uh, the scripture tells us the borrower is slave to the lender, and we were both banking and finance majors also, but way more than any academic textbook. The scripture, God's word, has impacted our lives when it comes to stewardship and generosity and managing money. And, you know, when I think about what the scripture tells us about money, I think a lot of people have a distorted view of money. Um, The scripture tells us to to not love money, right? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Uh, But it's not something we should fear. It's certainly not something we should worship. It's a tool. And what we have found in our life is that when we remember that God owns everything— The scripture tells us everything in the earth is the Lord's. It literally says that in Psalm 24. We're just getting the chance to manage what God has given us, getting to offer back to him what he has given us. And we get to use it, obviously, to build his kingdom, which is the joy of this type of uh, work that we get to do in serving through our church, etc. We get to use it, obviously, to take care of our family, but we also get to use it to bless others. And and to benefit others. And I think that's the beauty of the church. We get to be a part of what God is doing through earthly resources. So, yeah, Awesome. Allison, what are some of the things God's been teaching you even when it comes to this resource which could quickly become an idol called money and you live in it every day. You see corporations have to, you know, you know talk about it all the time. That's your job. What's God teaching you? Yeah, it's true. And I, I do think because so much of my, my profession is about the retirement industry and that can quickly become an idol um, for us of you know, trying to amass a certain amount of wealth um, because we think that will provide all of our needs and it's a tool, it's necessary, um, but it can become an idol um, very quickly. I mean, a couple of things, I feel like we're, God's been speaking to me on this um, in Philippians uh, chapter three, verses seven through eight. He says, but what, this is Paul, by the way, and we have to keep it in the context of Paul um, was kind of, coming from a place where he was born of the right tribe and he was born into an inheritance and wealth and the right family and the right position. So he kind of had everything. And that's really easy for us in our day and age. And you even heard it in the video. Sometimes it feels like I don't need God. I've already got everything else. And so it's really relevant to understand the context when he says, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, For whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. And what he's saying there is it's everything he's accomplished, everything he has, everything he's been sort of given is nothing. It does, it pales in comparison to knowing Christ and knowing that 
nothing really can be placed above this greatest blessing in our life. And kind of connecting that back to a verse in Luke 12, where I've been hanging out a lot this year. Um, And when Jesus says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And it's a truth statement. And he doesn't say it should not consist in the abundance of our possessions. He says it does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And really the idea that treasuring Christ reorders all of our treasure. And if he's first, everything else gets reordered. And that that's where, if, if, if that's where my heart is focused and he's the North Star of right. my heart, it reorders every other possession in my life. Treasuring Christ reorders all of our treasures. Todd, you and I are just up here to like listen to Allison. It's going really good so far. I'm, I'm recording all of this. You, you have a mic. What'd you say? You're what? I'm recording all okay, of Okay, great. Make sure the people at Cumberland can hear you. I hope you're still leaning in. So much to learn. Um, but speaking of earthly treasure, do you want to give any stock tips or retirement advice? Like just while you're here, Allison? I do not. Do you want to give us, I mean, do you, you know what's going to happen with the economy in this year? You got any... I wish I did. Um, It's complicated. It's been a complicated last couple of years in the economy. And um, I think, you know, if there's anything we talk about in the finance oversight team, it's trying to be prepared for anything that could happen in the external world. Um, We can't control the economy, but we can absolutely be good stewards of what God's entrusted to us. Um, But I do think, uh, you know, we're still in an interesting time and maybe less fear of a recession than we had a year ago. But not off the table. And uh, I think there are a lot of prognosticators out there these days. And if anything, I think we've all figured out nobody really knows. And that's, that's I think, actually quite important to understand and to be good stewards in light of that. Uh, super helpful. No one knows, but you probably know more than most of us. So um, Todd, let's talk about this season uh, for our church, but also our desire to see people planted in a community of faith that cares about advancing the gospel. That was the Philippians. They made a massive mark on the world. And you talk about it a lot. Um, what, why is it so important to be not just attending something, to, but to participate in a move of God and be a part of what he's doing? I think it's important because of Philippians 1.6, like you were talking about, God starts this good work in us, and what he promises to do is to complete that good work, and he's constantly conforming us to his image. And one of the ways he does that, I believe, is getting us to realize the privilege it is to serve and to lay our lives down and to not be consumed with ourself. And I think a lot of the times in life, we get the opportunity to be a part of something, but we can be pretty self-absorbed. And if it's going to in any way, shape, or form maybe cause us to step outside our comfort zone or it's going to inconvenience us, we tend to usually veer away from those things. But what the scripture makes really clear is that God has invited us into being a part of what he is doing. And a lot of the time, I think, in our life, Susan and my life, as we've given through the years, we were giving a lot of the times and we were witnessing it benefiting other people. We were getting to be a part of building organizations that were serving other people But, you know, recently that came really close to our house and we got to witness what was, what, what God was doing in Susan's sister's life as a result of our church. She had gone through a really, really challenging uh, 25 years, a a marriage there where there was verbal and emotional abuse. She'd reached a place where, um, though she doesn't 
uh, support or endorse divorce. She had to divorce her husband, and she moved in with us. And over uh, the course of about a year of living with us and plugging into our church, uh, going through launch, finding community here, beginning to belong to a people who would build her up, who would care about her, who would serve her, who would believe in her, who would speak truth to her, she moved literally from looking like she was dead to becoming alive in Christ. And she... And she went from despairing to being hopeful about her future. And she went from having a horrible, horrible uh, view of who she is and who God is to believing who she is as she's been created by God to do great work on this earth for his glory. And so a complete transformation in her life. And so if we weren't giving, we wouldn't get get to be a part of that. We wouldn't get to be a part of Daniel's story. We wouldn't get to be a part of what is happening at Passion Camp for you know, middle school and high school students. God is inviting us to be a part of what he's doing to redeem the world. Yeah, come on. I think we have a picture of Susan and her sister, Jennifer, and uh, that's getting baptized. So, uh, there it is. I want you to leave it up for a moment, and I just want you to see the joy yeah. on both faces. And I want that to plant a seed of hope in your life that maybe you're Jennifer and you could be like her, uh, getting redeemed from loss, from a broken heart, from despair and, and let God sow seeds of hope in your life today. Or maybe you could be a Susan sitting there getting to be a witness to God's faithfulness. And this is the beauty of God inviting all of us to be a part of a church, not just uh, strangers in a crowd, not just showing up, but actually a, a part of something. I, I was uh, a part of the CrossFit Games this weekend. You were a part of them? I was a part of the CrossFit Games this weekend, guys. <laughs> a participant? I was a part of the CrossFit <laughs> Games in Madison, Wisconsin this weekend. I, yes, felt like a complete outsider because I... Uh, did not have a tank top on showing off all my muscles and that I was not eating an acai bowl and I hadn't eaten an acai bowl in a while. But there were 40 men athletes, 40 women athletes, but the whole crowd was a part of this because they had uh, also, most all of them except me, had shown up as a participant in the CrossFit journey. And I'm like, man, and they, they were cheering everybody on somebody won, they cheered them. If somebody was finishing last, they cheered them. I'm like, why couldn't this be the picture of every single church where it's like, we're all a part of something, cheering people's journey to the finish line, no matter if they're first or last. And, and that really is what above and beyond is about. And so as we steward finances, Allison, and as we think about this fiscal year, I mean, we just had the kick. I mean, talk a little bit about what it was like from your perspective to see, you know, the last few months and now we're stepping into above and beyond. Like, how are, how are we all viewing that about what God can do through our resources? Um, really just incredible to witness God's faithfulness um, to our church uh, over these last few years. So uh, it, some numbers, um, thinking back to the increase in giving. And, and when we talk about this, we're talking about just the regular giving that supports just the operating needs that we have in our church, just to be able to do what we do every Sunday, but all the things we do outside of Sundays, which we can talk about. Um, in 2021, which was a great year, if you remember, the markets were up and 
you know, I mean, everybody was feeling, I think, a little bit more comfortable in that year. We saw a huge increase in our giving. We also saw a huge increase in the reach of our church because we had moved online in COVID. Uh, we had uh, started to open up Cumberland. We really, our numbers were growing too. Um, so we saw a 14.5% growth in giving that year. Uh, but coming into 2022, we planned for a, a more rocky economy, and we saw that, and we knew it was not going to be like it was in 2021. So we planned for 5%. Um, we saw, and those of you that were with us through the spring, um, we had a real need. We were falling short, and um, the expenses of running now three locations um, is very different than it was before COVID when we really only had kind of one and a half house because uh, Cumberland was meeting at North Atlanta High School at the time. And um, it, it was, it, we were not sure. And then coming into that final month and this, the kick that Louis was talking about quite a bit in May and June, uh, you all were amazing. Uh, we planned for 5% growth. We were running behind. We actually ended up ending the year uh, at an eight and a half, eight 8.4% growth yeah, for 2022, on. which was yeah. amazing. Um, and at that same time, we're working on the budget coming into this year. And when we say this year, it starts July 1st, so a little bit different. Uh, we were um, trying to be wise stewards again and um, really being thoughtful about our expenses. And as Todd said, it's often not an income problem, it's an expense problem. And, and we want to think about that not just in our personal lives, but as we steward the finances of this church too. Um, and really trying to be good stewards of all that God has entrusted to us, uh, but all the ways in which he's calling us to reach the city through these three locations so what we've planned for for this year is a three and a half percent growth. It's very modest. It's un, you know, and we hope God blows our minds, and we know He will. But we've planned to be good stewards and to really live within that in our regular giving. Um, above and beyond is what He does beyond that. I mean, that's really different. We don't plan for above and beyond in the same way. We plan. We have numbers in mind and um, and partner agencies that we want to bless through your giving. Um, and so we have, we have soft targets, I'll call them, um, that we plan for. But, uh, and we'll talk more about that next weekend, I know. But that's where um, we have an opportunity to truly, I think, blow all of our minds to see what he has planned through us, through our house to bless the city. Yeah, it's awesome. Talk about that when it comes to wisdom and, and faith and how as a leader and especially in our church, how we balance both having faith and belief for what God's going to do, but also having some wisdom. Well, I mean, I think um, we have incredible faith. Look, that's a balance. I find it, it's, it's a balance for me. Um, I found it in June as we were sitting in meetings and trying to, you know, I come at things from a pretty, you know, financial mind and to set that aside and just really be expectant for what God can do, which makes no sense by the trend lines and by the numbers. And if I just went off the trends, I would have said, we're not going to make it. We've got a shortfall this year. And um, Man, did he blow our minds. I mean, it was so humbling to, to see the way in which he moved. And again, Louie talked about it, but checks were in the mail before we ever said anything about there being a need. Incredible checks that allowed us to meet the needs of this house. Um, so we've got to balance. That wisdom is, I think, being good stewards again. Um, and Todd said it, and it's part of what is taught in the core class in biblical finances, which it's not an income problem. It's often a is often a, an expense problem. And thinking about our possessions, and I think it comes back to, and I'll put it into personal terms, you know, do our possessions, do I have possessions or do my possessions have me? Right. And that idea that treasuring Christ reorders all of our treasure, 
Um, and the other thing that just kind of struck me as we were in worship just now, and Aaron was talking about, you know, let's pray with open hands. And we talk about that a lot in our house, praying with open hands. Um, and I think one of the things we have to remember is we have to have our hands open in order to receive God's blessing, but they also have to be empty. They can't just be open, they have to be empty. And when we've got all these idols and all of these possessions in them, it's hard for God to bless us. Um, and so that idea of them being empty and giving them all back to God, I think is the only way in which we can truly receive his, his treasure for us. Yeah, that's awesome. Very, very good. Um, Todd, let's, let's look ahead to next week a little bit. I mean, Louis mentioned one in four people have been here less than a year, but as we approach some, a significant day, not just a generosity day, a vision day, like how do you and Susan approach that day? How do you get ready for it? Any practical advice that you want us all to know? Yeah, I think so. You know, we try to confess every day that what the scripture says is true and we're going to apply it to our lives. And so we see everything that we have as being from God. And so heading into above and beyond, we're saying that over and over again to ourselves, to each other, to our family. You know what? Everything we have is from the Lord. And like Allison said, we want to treasure Christ above everything else. And we, want, we don't want any of the stuff we have in this life to own us. We're called to steward what God has given us. And I think that as we head in, we're thinking, you know, Lord, if it's all yours, you can do anything you want with it. Allison said, our hands are open, we hold things loosely, we're flexible, we know God's ways aren't our ways. He may ask us to do something with something he's given us because he has a better way for it to be used than the way we're using it currently. And so we head in with just a a heart that is malleable and soft. We desire to serve. You know, C.S. Lewis said something that I've always been fascinated by, and he says that we need to give in such a way that we feel it. And the specific quote he says is... um, I do not believe one can settle on how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. And when I think about this passage in Philippians, Philippians 4 talks about God supplying all our needs according to his glorious resources in Christ. Allison just said that like checks were coming in before we had even really told people what was going on. Well, guess why? Because when you give in such a way as you actually have a need, God then meets the need. But if you're not giving in such a way that you feel it, then you don't have any need. And so what does God have to supply? And so we want to give in such a way that we actually know we need the Lord to provide for us personally. Yeah, that's really, really great. Um, I know for me and Brittany, it's a fun day. We, we spend a few weeks leading up to this season praying about how God would have us give and I do hate to admit that Brittany's number is always higher than mine. So she, we pray separately, then we come together, we talk about a number, and her number is always a little bit higher than mine. And then eventually God gets my heart up to her faith, and really grateful for that. Thank you, Brittany. Um, but I think even most chairs had a card on their seat today, and that would just be a really good thing for you to do. It's just a way to grow in an area uh, Paul told the Corinthians to excel in generosity. And so it's just be, this is helpful. We, we're not trying to take your money. We're just asking, we're excited about you having the opportunity to be a part of something that changes the world and not just showing up. So take this card, pray about it. And then be awesome next week if we're all showing up. Like with a card, I, I love that there's a prayer request section because our leadership team will go through those and, and pray over you. So even if you don't have anything to give or a very little gift, like, it, nothing's little in God's term if it's from faith and sacrifice, um, but, but bring that and let, let's pray together next week and let us pray for you. And, and you know, Todd, the, 
the Philippians have made such a mark on you and they left such an imprint on the world. Paul talks about them often. Like we want to be a part of a church that stuns the world. And that's what the Philippians were. How, how can we step into that same thing? Yeah, I think it's one of the most compelling passages in scripture. There's a couple other places in scripture that have really impacted me in my generosity journey. And when you look at First Chronicles and you look at Exodus, you see these different examples where uh, in building the temple, it says everybody gave. You hear Pastor Louis saying, let's all give. What if we all participated? And in Exodus 36, it says when they're building the tabernacle, Moses says, stop giving. We, got, we have more than we need. What if our church gave in such a way that Pastor Louie, Brad, walked on stage and said, please stop bringing your gifts. We have all we can use. That would stun the world. We live in a stingy world. We live in a dog-eat-dog world. I believe with all of my heart that generosity is the greatest apologetic in our culture. Wow. If you want somebody to ask you why you believe what you believe, be generous to them. I guarantee you they will say, why, why are you so nice to me? Why are you so generous to me? It will open a door that you cannot believe how wide it will be. You'll be able to, you'd be able to drive a semi through it. Wow, that's awesome. And then with the Philippians, yeah, thank you. We got, I love this passage. Paul was writing in 2 Corinthians 8. Uh, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches, which Philippi was in Macedonia, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. They stunned the world, not because they had a lot of money, but because they had a huge heart to participate. And I, I think, Allison, it's roughly, we did a survey that was helpful. We've mentioned it. Um, around 4,000 adults give regularly. And we're a very generous church. And we've actually seen the average gift going up. And it's a sign of a maturing church based on all the experts we talk to is more and more people are actually uh, tithing and not just giving a little bit. But that also, I mean, there, you know, a little over 10,000 adults come weekly to, you know, or come regularly to our church. It's hard to know exactly we're working on eye scanners so we can see every single unique person that walks in. They've actually already been put in place at 515, so we know everyone that's there. Um, but, that, you know, that somewhere around 40%, which is pretty good, uh, better than most. We're grateful for that. But what if, Allison, it was let's all give? Like, what, what could be at stake there? It's incredible to think about it if we were all giving. And I think, I mean, the, the idea is we're all receiving. And I, I think what we hope you hear from our hearts this morning is just leaning into this church, leaning in not just with your treasure, but also with your time, um, with all your gifts. And there's just enormous blessing to be received. Um, and, and it's not just what you receive, but it is what goes out to the world. Um, and to be a part of that um, 
I actually think it was, it was Todd who taught me um, years ago of just that is, I, that is the only investment that lasts, yeah. right? The souls of men and women and his word, those are the only investments that last. And so being able to send that out into this world, that in the way in which you give, and that's, that's an incredible return on your investment. Um, and I mean, just some numbers too around the number of things we're doing across our three locations. And again, remember, we only had one location back in 2019 or maybe one and a half. Um, North Atlanta counted. It was a location, but it, was it wasn't location. operating full. I it was just, a Sunday just location. making sure you're not making some enemies I'm over not, at I'm Cumberland sorry. right now. Um, it, was not a sun, it was a Sunday location. Yes. It was not a Monday through Saturday location. Yes. And um, when you think about all that we're doing through our three locations, Monday through Saturday, not just these Sunday gatherings, in 2019, we did 114 of them. And these are things like the Grove, um, Fight Night. Uh, Core students. The Rising. School, yeah. Yes, it's core classes. Um, the Speak Conference, Lift Conference, us. Uh, in 2022, we did 186 of them. In the first half of this year, just so far, we've done 137. So we're on track to do 40% more ministry opportunities this year than we did last year yeah. through these three right. locations. Right. And that's where we're reaching people. That's where we're reaching the city. That's where we're equipping people in this house. That's where we're equipping pastors and worship teams from other churches that are going well beyond our city uh, and, and taking that back to their churches. So there is a reach there that we just can't even see, but God does, and he's using it. And he's using you, and he's using us, and that's where we want to all give into. That's awesome. Um, Todd, what's on your heart as we end, like just for all of us and just a last encouragement? Oh, man, God's a giver, not a taker. And Ephesians 5 says, imitate God. And so we are a giving church, and the world's watching. And if we give, if we all give, the world will be stunned. Yeah, it's really, really great. And we're going to pitch it back to the locations in a minute, and Aaron's going to come up, and then Grant and uh, Dave over at 515. I I just, uh, for me... I was reading in Acts. I know I keep going back to the Philippians, but but God was on the move. And the first followers of Jesus in Philippi were some prominent women in the city. Lydia was one of them. She ended up getting saved and God revealed to her. She was a God-fearing woman, but God revealed to her the person of Jesus and the power of Jesus and that it wasn't good works that could save her. It wouldn't, wasn't just going to the river to pray, but it was at receiving faith in Jesus. And she got saved, some other women got saved and a church was formed. And maybe even today through worship, through this conversation, God's revealing himself to you, not, not by good works, but by the person of Jesus. I got to ride in an Uber this week and had a conversation with a gentleman that was just all about good works. I was like, hey, I'm grateful that you're living a good life, but unless it's based on the work and the person of Jesus, it's not gonna be enough. So Lydia got saved. Uh, Then a fortune teller, she got saved and she got freed because she was uh, possessed by a demon. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, Paul and the men called the demon out of her. She got freed and became a follower of Jesus. And then a jailer, by hearing the word of God, all of his household got saved. And they began to form this church and they began to grow and their lives were strengthened. And so for us, this is what it's all about. It's seeing people's lives changed, yours changed, my change, mine's changed. 
And then together, um, seeing us be on mission to advance the gospel and seeing our worlds change, seeing the, the world change. That, that's what this season's all about. We're excited about next week. You'll hear from Pastor Louis. We'll link in with DC. But let's believe together that there will be an, a, a beyond. I'm, I, we're, we're all sitting in the beyond at Trillith. Can I get one more shout out from Trillith? But can you see it? Can in faith you see it? We can see it now, but let's see more. Let's believe for now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more than all that we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. This is the prayer. Amen. Amen. Y'all help me thank Todd and Allison. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, Thanks for listening to the Passion City Church Podcast.